It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. It's episode 320. I remember these things. Yes. And we're on the countdown to the 100th episode overall. This week, we have Jeff and surprise guest Ben, who hasn't been on since Bruin, Bruin intervention. Wow. That's a mouthful still. Um, when he did a little guest spot, when everybody did, when we were trying to console Anthony. So, welcome. Hello, hello. What up? Yep. So, guys, we're going to start off actually talking about the Bruins this week. Instead Weird. of the Rangers. <laughs> That's not how we do things around here. <laughs> uh, in, in the past, we've talked about the Calgary Flames. We've talked about the New York Rangers. But we're going to start off talking about the Boston Bruins, which that's, is... That's good. That's good. We were probably coming up close and having to change our name to Henrik on topic. So, you know, this is probably better. Oh, man. <laughs> I could just talk about that all the time. Like, all day. But... <laughs> jacket do you like him to wear no um anyway so why don't we start off by talking about what we have deemed the game of the week just for its weirdness oh fucking bizarre (laughs) so i guess uh, just after we recorded last week um the uh game against the devils happened and that was uh that was totally a thing (laughs) (laughs) Everything in that game is, in fact, something that happened. I almost want to do a Stefan bit, like, the game of the week this week is New Jersey Devils. It had everything. It had a non-goal goal. It had Patrice Bergeron being really pissed off. Um, It had a whole fuckload of shorthanded goals. (laughs) (laughs) A series of disconnected events. (laughs) And, and... Truly rare occurrence, and I'm not referring to the shorthanded goals or the Schaller goal that probably didn't actually happen, but I'll take it anyway. Of course, Adam McQuaid. <laughs> he didn't just score a goal, too. It was like a side and, it was a good old-fashioned side and bomb, pretty much. Adam McQuaid scored a fucking goal. He did. It what? had been like 363 days since his last one. <laughs> spent time on, on IR. Like there's, there's some of that. I said this is a calendar. We're just saying calendar year. I mean, it only means so much because there's a bunch of time where they're, not, where they're not playing hockey in there anyway, too, right? But it's all auspicious because the last goal that he scored, <laughs> the last goal he ever scored. Sorry. No, no, I'm not going to sing the hip right now. Um, got Michel Therrien fired. Um, <laughs> his last goal was the end of Sweaty Henchman number three. Um <laughs> So what you're saying is that when Adam McQuaid scores, bad things happen to the other team. Now, it seems to be a bit of a delayed action on the Devils here, but uh, we did, you know, um, beat them in a game that the Bruins had no business winning. Um, rather badly, in fact. Um, yeah, there's a lot of puck luck involved in that game. <laughs> I will say that the most beautiful sequence leading to an empty net goal did close out that game too, right? Beautiful rush by Marchand, who doesn't stop to doesn't stop to you know absorb the hit that comes to him as he passes it to Berge and into the net. Um, empty netters usually aren't beautiful because well, there's no goalie, but here we are. 
That's right. We had a painted turtle alert. Right. Right. Yes. Because <laughs> the coin then proceeded to rip Damon, Damon Severson's uh, sternum out of his chest. <laughs> <laughs> and then fans decided to chirp Marshy online about that whole thing. Um, and, and Marshy was just like, you know, we won the game, so shut up. But anyway, um, yeah. Marsha gives no fucks on Twitter. I, I really am loving the scale to which he's accepted this persona now. I just hope he doesn't get himself suspended by way of doing it again. Well, um, but I mean, I just love that it was just like Marshy just gave it all up on that. And then Bergie, of course, went and scored. And then McQuaid was just like, I will beat the crap out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and David, David Severson, all he has to say from is, please no, no, don't hurt me, don't eat me. <laughs> it was so beautiful. But, I mean, there were so many things about that game. I mean, that penalty shot. Sorry, going back to that McQuaid goal, was that the first ever tumbling muffin goal? Hell, there's a, there's a good chance of that, yeah. It's a... That was Jack Edwards' call. It was like he, the big declaration of, it's a tumbling muffin. And, and then McQuaid put it in. Was that the first in? one to ever go in? Well, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm reviewing the goal right now. If if it will actually play through this advertisement. So. Uh, on further review, it's not a good goal, is it? I mean, it wasn't a. I mean, it was a le- good, legit goal. It wasn't a good goal to allow by. Lovejoy bumps him off balance. McQuaid scores a tumbling muffin through the slot, and Adam McQuaid scores his first goal. Okay. okay, let's see. I don't understand why why people don't love Jack more than they do. That was just a beautiful call, everything about it. <laughs> it looks like it went off one of the defensemen. <laughs> people, they don't like homers. <laughs> Which is don't... fucked up because everybody's home announcer is a savage homer, but most of them suck. Right. Jack um, happens to also be interesting while being a shameless homer. And he owns exactly what he is. He doesn't try to pretend when pretend he's not. But they don't seem to understand that Jack gets very excited when the other team scores too. I have never seen him upset about any goal. Yeah, and goals are exciting. For him, it's like, it's a goal! Honestly, to be perfectly frank, I've always thought that Brick is much, much worse homer than Jack is, really. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> well, Brick... Uh, grew up in the area, then he ended up playing for them, and now he does the color analysis. And he was the homer on the New York Rangers rivalry night game. Because yeah. if you remember, they had... Wh- who was it? I don't even know. Was it Doc? Or it was some guy. And, and then the color guy was Micheletti, who I guess is a Rangers homer guy. And then you had Brick between the glass. So y- you can't win. You can't win in this uh, because you know what? Everybody hates everything. All the time. Well, it's, 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 I still don't understand why people love Rick Jenneret so much when he is as bad a homer as anyone else. Why do people like Rick Jenneret? I just don't he's get fun. it. He's fun. So is Jack. <laughs> and people hate Jack. But Jenneret is old-timey fun. Jenneret is the, uh, he's the home guy for uh, Buffalo. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Jenneret's the guy who's, who's all like, and Pommetville scores! He cuts the lead to four! You know, here's <laughs> the thing about that is I don't really love <laughs> You know what? I, th- 
think my problem with Gennard is I don't like that old timey scoring. It's just like you know, you know, you know, Canadians almost universally have like a um, uh, what the fuck's his name? Oh, damn it! Old scout, old announcer for CBC. The only play, only role occasionally now, and I'm blanking. But Canadians love him, and I'm like, hey, and I'm just like, no, he sounds like he's from the fucking 1950s. It's also why I don't like Doc. <laughs> I'm so glad that we're having this discussion. i hope this is a continuing discussion over time where we talk about everybody's announcing crew you know who one of my favorites is is dave gosher and i love it when he does a national one with brian boucher and then it's all rhode island that's what i love there you go i think think if nick was here his um he would be um uh, pushing the guy that does the 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 play-by-play for um uh, carolina who i will say yeah he's actually pretty good um and should be doing it the national games really but yeah <laughs> and I, I cannot remember his name right now either because I'm like knocking this out of the fucking park at the moment um you are okay um yeah. I, I I feel like I I just don't know who we're talking about any of these people but I did like the uh cutting lead to four I thought that was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> but anyway Anyway, so a, a game involving the jer- jersey being interesting. Go figure. The jersey? Oh, New game Jersey. Game involving jersey being interesting. Oh, okay. That's not normal. You, you know what I did discover during the broadcast? I actually really do enjoy the, the New, York, uh, New, New York, the New Jersey Devils uniform, but I like the old jerseys with the stripes. See? There you go. Yeah. yeah. Agreed so, on the, 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 the jersey change is not so good. No, 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 no. So I, I can understand the hem stripe issue now um, because of the Thank lack you. of them. But I'm telling everyone else, they'll be so excited, or at least Nick will. <laughs> this is our little secret on the podcast that goes out to dozens of people. <laughs> 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 but anyway, uh, let's get back to that penalty shot. And uh, what the one was that, it? The one that should not have been. The one that pissed Bergie off so much. Man, I was just like, please let me have some video footage of that. You know, uh, because the, the penalty, uh, it, it was a phantom penalty. Come on. You had every right what? to be upset. It was a perfect stick lift. Absolutely perfect stick lift. It's nowhere near the guy's legs. It was definitely no trip. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were trying to get him for hooking or something, but it wasn't a hook. It, no, you it, 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 it wasn't a penalty. Come on, Patrice doesn't do that. Any penalty he's been called for has been not, it doesn't exist. Come on. No, I, seriously, that one, it, it wasn't a penalty. It wasn't anything. It was just a phantom call. They were calling all sorts of shit wrong that night. And then, uh, you know, as soon as like they said penalty shot, he was like, no fucking way. <laughs> but they didn't score on that penalty shot. No, they didn't. Or any of their, um, uh, what was it, uh, six power plays? <laughs> However, we scored on two of them, so, you know, Bruins fans could have warned them about this. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is the game where we scored on their power plays, right? <laughs> um, several times, yes. Um, I'm just, um, yeah, like, it was, it must have hurt. It must have really hurt. It's, it's like, it was like watching, oh, I don't know, the 2011 finals against the Canucks. We'll get back to that. You know, where we outscored them on their power play as well over the course of the series. Yeah. Damn it. Okay. 
like, okay, I'm sorry. My brain has been kind of mushy lately. I remember how I looked at this game. Um, it's, it's all coming back to me now. I wanted to make this thing a thing. The Tory Krug hat trick. Ready? Now listen to me, okay? The Tory Krug hat trick is he scores a shorthanded goal, okay? Then he's short, he scores a power play goal, okay? And then Adam McQuaid's goal counts as his goal. That's the Tory Krug hat trick. <laughs> you know, here's the thing: is the odds of even getting that close to the Tori Krug hat trick aren't that high. Like, I know it's been been come up a couple of times recently, but like Tori Krug on the on the penalty kill, that's um, that doesn't stay normal, right? I know, but... Like, I haven't hated it, but like, is that going to be a thing? <laughs> so would a would a Adam McQuaid Hat trick be a, a goal, a fight, and a puck over the glass? <laughs> That's just a normal game. No, just kidding. You might, you might be able to sub the fight for another puck over the glass just, just to be sure, you know? <laughs> I think each, each player should have their own version of a hat trick. Like a Patrice Bergeron hat trick is four. <laughs> no. Um... I just was sitting there. I was like, Tori Krug was so close to a hat trick. And I was just like, I want him to have a hat trick so bad. So let's just put Adam McQueen's goal in there. (laughs) (laughs) I think that in the future, we should think about alternate reality hat tricks for people and just talk about those. Maybe our our listeners will come up with some of their own, but I do like the one with Adam McQueen sending the puck up over the glass at least once. (laughs) 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 Oh, I guess I needed a good laugh. Anyway. Ah, yeah. So that game, they, they shouldn't have won it. They did win it. Improbably with with the help from Adam McQuaid, which I think Adam McQuaid's was the game winner. It was um, <laughs> yes, it was. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Okay, I'm just having a good time. I'm not laughing at Adam McQuaid. I think it's great. He scored a goal. It got the job done. It was a tumbling muffin. He won the game, but. The whole game was just so weird. <laughs> and I, I will say, actually, McQuaid had a pretty good game overall, which is nice considering how monstrously awful his game against Buffalo had been. But, um... <laughs> such a fa- Even just saying that, it's like, this is a weird game. <laughs> what, what was up with the, the Tim Schaller goal? Okay, so he comes in and he... No one except for one ref ever saw it cross the line. And I think nothing was definitive from any of the camera angles. Oh no, no. The best camera angle was the one that was above and you couldn't see the puck anywhere. So there was nothing to, sh- to disprove that it was a goal, but there was nothing to prove that it was a goal. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the arguments for it maybe being a goal is like, Oh, he had it in the glove hand at one point and the glove hand clearly went behind the bar. But, yeah. Anyway, so that got allowed, and people weren't happy about it. But uh, if, if you know, Rick says he saw it cross the line, and that's the call, uh, you all exactly. And there's nothing to refute that available whatsoever. So, 
it kind of deserved to be a goal in the first place because, boy, did the, the doubles blow that one. Yep, it was a shorthanded goal. There's no video. there, Even on the, the game summary thing on NHL.com, no video, so I can't even show you. But I just remember the view looking at it. They looked at it for a little bit, and they couldn't figure anything out. It was called a goal on the ice, and it stood. So, yay us. Yeah. Um, you know, it was good, I guess. It was a weird, weird fucking game. And, like, that seems to be a thing this year, just games against the Devils being weird. Yep. And another thing is Tim Schaller making these improbable goals. Again and again. Schaller is on a fucking run right now. Yep. Yep. So it's like, good for him. You keep it up, Timmy. I think it's good work. Um, but yeah, I, so remember he had the, the Deacon dangle and all that stuff. <laughs> oh, where he broke every single Ranger's ankles. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he destroyed and obliterated the Rangers. You didn't think we were going to talk about the Rangers, but we are. <laughs> <laughs> Barely on topic. A New York Rangers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Unavoidably going to talk about them more when we get to trade deadline talk. Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> I know. Well, we, that's been the focus of much of our talk in the last few weeks. But anyway, hey, um, why don't we uh, talk about that uh, game that happened last night? <laughs> I thought, uh, my, but I thought you wanted to, to, to say some words about a, a farmer brewing oh. on Tuesday as well. Okay, and I I'm do. not talking about Matt Bartowski because he was because he was a scratch. Oh my God! I forgot that Mark uh, Mart Mart Bartkowski. <laughs> Mart Batkowski. <laughs> At what point was a defensive pair with our uh, player du jour? Oh God! Which okay. Zinger thinks they're both right shots, but anyway. Uh... <laughs> okay, guys. Seriously, I need to talk about this thing about Dougie. Carry on. Okay. Dougie is not mercilessly booed the moment he walks into that arena. The minute he gets on the ice, nobody boos him. He gets the puck on his stick and nobody boos him. Nobody does any awful chance saying that he sucks, that, uh, you know, go back and whine to Calgary or Freddy, where are you? I'm Which makes no fucking soon. It uh, makes no fucking sense because this team boos Sagan and Sagan didn't want out. Sagan just got traded. Okay. Yes, that's the point. Dougie. I fucking hate Dougie. Like, really, if you if you looked at my heart, you would see all this black bile hatred for Dougie because I hate it's him so black, much. Black Muppet shaped blackness. God, it's awful. <laughs> it's like I just need to spill this out so I can feel better because they're playing again tomorrow. But I fucking hate him. I did this thing one summer where it was like every day I was like, Don Sweeney, sign Dougie, you know, sign Dougie, yep, sign, Dougie remember, sign Dougie, I sign Dougie, sign Dougie. Yep. I wasn't. Oh, <laughs> kitty. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's making it really hard for me to say, fuck you, Dougie, when I hear. <laughs> but I, I hate him so much. He wanted out. He didn't want to be here. He deserves the booze. Okay. There's never been a player that deserves to actually be booed upon returning more so than Dougie does. Yes. He shit all over your town, people. All over your team. Just 
fucking boo him all the time. Throw things at him. I don't know. You should never. So, throw I mean, I mean, the people, alternative but... is that is that the fans care so little about Dougie that there's no point in in expending the energy booing him. Yeah, it's more like, haha, you're you're with Calgary. I think is the the issue there. Now you're just making me feel like I'm obsessing on this thing and that I shouldn't do that. And oh, I, I dwell oh, on no, that no, too. No, no, I, I check that guy's stats almost every other day just because I want to see him being miserable. <laughs> I just, no, I think he's miserable in this way. Freddy's not with the Flames anymore. Freddy's down in Coyoteville, down in Arizona. And I'm waiting for him to push for a trade to go down there. Please, please do it. Do it. Trade Dougie to uh, uh, Arizona. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Please. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Um, in the, 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 at the draft, Dougie for OEL straight up. OEL walks out on the flames a year later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's figure that out. Let's make that happen. I, I just, uh, God, I, I just... It also gets into... How good is Dougie really? And I think people look a lot at his his, his scoring, look at his points. They look at his forcing he's numbers. Been, he's been and, bad in Calgary anytime he's been away from Giordano. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, pair him with Brent Kulak and all of a sudden disaster happens. Pair him with Bartkowski and disaster happens. Past two, like this season and last season, he started the first month of each season on the bottom pair. Well, hell, put him with anyone else, even Brody or Harmonic, you know, guys that are, you know, maybe not great defensemen, but decent. And he still shits the bed. He needs to be with freaking Giordano, prob- who continues to be far and away the most underrated defenseman in the league, probably. <laughs> yeah, no argument there. So basically, so you know how a lot of people have been talking about how Brandon Carlo doesn't look like the same player apart from Chara. Dougie's older and he's got that problem. Like how old and is Dougie now? Uh, Dougie's going to be, what, it's like 24, probably? Yeah. I mean, give me a minute, I can confirm that one way or the other, but I think that's good enough. Let's just say that's good enough. So anyway, yeah, so how does that look? I understand that defensemen... Oh, I nailed it. 24 is right, sorry. <laughs> defensemen take time to to develop, even when they're in the NHL lineup, but still, he looks shitty away from Giordano. Giordano. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's actually like a problem, like really for like the wins because Giordano is thirty four, right? And it's not going to he might he may hold it together well longer term, but sooner or later Dougie's gonna have to be the guy that drives that bus, you would think. Mm. Probably sooner rather than later as well. So I think <laughs> I just need to have periodic reminders. Maybe I should just look once a week and remind myself that Ducky sucks unless he's with Giordano. Why are you biting me? Oh, I'm I'm keeping that one in. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, that might just go right to the front of the episode too. <laughs> That's going to be the title, isn't it? <laughs> no, I'm not promising that yet. <laughs> uh, our our title last week was officially "Old Swedish Muzzle," but the subtitle was "Latvians are plural." So. <laughs> Tend to be like <laughs> naming after Bruins things or whatever, but anyway, um, <laughs> I would like to know why she was biting you. But uh, I, I, I would too, actually, to be perfectly honest. But here we are. Um, all right, I feel like I've got the Dougie hate right now. But really, Bruins fans, 
Like, I hear you boo so many different people, and you really need to do it to Dougie, because he's a piece of shit, a little entitled brat who left your city because he couldn't handle it here, or Freddy wasn't here anymore, or whatever stupid reason it was. I don't even care. Um, he couldn't hack it, but guess what? You know what? As I said last week, I'm going to say it again. We have Charlie McAvoy now, and... While it's not a straight line from Dougie to Charlie McAvoy, I'm pretty happy with that. And I think we're going to be happy with that longer term. So I, I, I think so. Yes. Well, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he's just a better defenseman right now than Dougie is. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Look, I even actually talked about some Bruins stuff. It's really amazing. But anyway, now that we've got the Dougie hate out and I'll privately hate Dougie tomorrow. Let's talk about that Vancouver game a little bit. Must we? I don't want to. Yeah, you know what? This is what we're going to say. It sucked. <laughs> the whole team sucked. The game sucked. It was bad. It was a very bad Bruins game and not indicative of their play. But I really just wanted to move on to the next part. <laughs> where we talk about Jim Benning, the GM of the Canucks, who used to be like an assistant GM here, is that what he was? Uh, yes, 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 yes. He and uh, he and Sweeney were um, uh, were, were like number two and number two B. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the Canucks got <laughs> number two B. If that's a fair assessment, and uh, they they decided to re up his contract this week because he's totally earned it. You know, like 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 you know, I mean, he's, they made the playoffs that one time. They drafted and, uh, Brock. He drafted Brock Besser. He managed to get actually like a pretty good. I mean, okay, I will say there's some good things he's done. He did got very, very good return for 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 a piece of shit Alex Burrows. Oh, um, that that Berkey biting bastard. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He actually dismantled that core. That that old. Well, core. see, he, he managed to get a second and a really good prospect for fucking Alex Burrows. And oh, like, you mean the guy who's suspended? Yes, yes, that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, also, he did pretty well for Yannick Hansen too. Like he got um, uh, what's it, um, uh, Nikolai Godolbin and uh, and a pick for that for him as well. Like that's he did some good things, sure, but like, but like, no, Jeff. fucking no. <laughs> Jeff, I, I yes. really thought that you were just going to say my favorite thing. I that... like bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> favorite thing that's a decision you can make yeah these are these are all absolutely totally things that jim benning could have done and did oh my god i just thought about it that's going to be a new segment that's a decision you can make (laughs) okay all right yep so what was the eric good story there the what eric good branson like what what was uh what happened with benning and good branson Okay, so there's a few different things. For starters, so 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 Good Branson's uh not a particularly good defenseman, you know. He's 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 Adam McQuaid, give or take. Just younger, right? And he paid quite a bit to trade for him in the first place. Like a second and uh one of the two failed first round picks that he first round picks that he used before David before the Bruins picked David Posternock. That would be in Jared McCann. And now he's not going to trade Good Branson. He's going to possibly extend him, and because that's something you should totally do when you're as bad as the Canucks are. 
I think it's a good idea. It's a decision, and he can make it. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he do that? We can have a perfectly fine Adam McQuaid at the end of the season. Well, that's just it. You know, I mean, he probably wouldn't even have to give up much for Adam McQuaid. Just like, you know, like, I'm considering Benning, like, a second. Sure. Like, he would actually pay a second, too, because he's Jim Benning. So, like, that's actually an idea that we could work with here. What anyway. players was, uh, was Benning involved in drafting who he might be interested in trading for at the deadline? Okay, so Benning's first draft there would have been was it 14 was his first one there? Yep. Okay, so... Um, he won everybody. <laughs> well, well, no. Well, so, so, so that means everyone in the posture knock draft, technically he has nothing to do with that, even though, yes, he would have because he hadn't been in the, with Canucks that long at that point, right? So, like, the 2013 draft... Oh. Oh. Oh, no. Okay. Who the fuck do we even still have from the 2013 draft? Uh, Bleed? Solaric? Yeah. Um, is Fitzgerald that drafter is the year before? Still still would have been around, drafted when Benning was around. Grizz and O'Gara. That, that there's about it. Maybe he'd want O'Gara? Yeah, I can see that. I don't really think O'Gara is going anywhere in Boston at this point either. So, like, if someone wanted to give us something for O'Gara, I'd be like, okay, what you got? Because he was like a fifth, because he was like a fifth round pick like seven years ago now. So, like, anything's technically value at this stage. (laughs) Yeah, and if anybody's going to make an offer for him, it would probably be Benning because of the familiarity. Well, and you know, and and then he gets to know. Actually, you know, he wouldn't be bad for Benning really because he fills Benning sort of a size fetish because he's you know gigantic but he also you know kind of skate so yeah sure i don't know what he would give us for him but you know eh. i think you ask for a lot of whatever you want yeah that's true you definitely he, he um uh, he learned a lot more from from chia than than sweeney did to be sure i mean you could get the fifth round pickback oh easily for sure yeah you could definitely get that fifth rounder and we're, and we're missing scoring. a fifth round pick in the next draft so that would fit nicely Exactly. It'd be higher than the fifth rounder we gave up for Stafford, too. Like it's a win-win, really. Benning continues to Benning, and, uh, you know... Okay. Decided. Let's kill <laughs> Yes, VA? Earlier this week, when I heard that Benning was re, uh, re-upped, I couldn't help but think that the Canucks are a money-laundering scheme. <laughs> their, their owner's last name is Accolini. Like With a name like that, they have to be. Or, like, you know, some sort of mob front. Because it's kind of like, I just don't see him. He, he's been on the job how many years now? Three or four seasons? And this team is really still bad. I mean, yes, they beat the crap out of the Bruins last night. But I guess the Bruins just had it coming. You know? they, they, they PDO'd their way into the playoffs his first season as GM. And then have, like, just been like a, you know, a, a turd circle in the bowl ever since. They ain't flushing, but they ain't come, but, 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 but they but they they're just sort of there, right? And like, what's he got to fucking show for? What has he drafted with these picks? Remember, this starter did start before him, right? You know, you know, Canucks, um, Canucks pointlessness. You know, you can trace that to you know trading freaking uh, Schneider for the eighth overall and picking Bo Horvat with it, or as I like to anagram his name, Ova Broth. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, 
it, you gotta. I thought with that combination of names, you should be able to come up with a better name than Bo Horvat. I mean, it's just not a great name. <laughs> and so uh, maybe you just like merge it into a portmanteau mononym and just call him Borvat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Borvat. <laughs> the H is silent. Um, <laughs> In Hungarian, it would be. Oh, okay. Oh, see? perfect. There you go. Yeah, so uh, it, Horvat uh, means uh, Croatian. Oh. No. Yeah. Oh, in, cool. In Hungarian? <laughs> uh, it's because, well, also, uh, Croatia's own name for itself is Hrvatska. Oh. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, okay, so Bo Croatia, or <laughs> Borvat. I like Borvat. <laughs> I also like, like Overbroth. <laughs> but, 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 but like these picks are like like Horvat and like Jake Vertanen and you know Jared McCann also a bust but also traded for a bigger bust really and I don't know and then like how sad he was when he dra- drafted um uh, um, uh, um Oli Gillespie I mean you could tell you could tell he was sitting there all um, his pants getting all snug hoping that um uh, that, that that Kachuk would be available and then and then you know oh shit is that um. Uh, Okay, this joke falls apart because I can't remember the GM's GM, the uh, Flames GM's last name. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. That's what I'm going to say. Living, right? Oh, shit, is that your Living's music? And then he just, like, d- disappointedly likes, okay, fine, I'm uh, Levy then, when he probably should have gone with Sir- Sergeyev, right? But anyway, here we are. Ha ha, Canucks. You fucking suck. You're like, one of, this, is, this sort of brings back to another thing. We have two teams that a previous iteration of the Bruins killed that haven't recovered yet. Okay. Well, basically, the, the Buffalo, the Sabres, and the Canucks are such profoundly broken franchises. And the Bruins broke them both. How did the Bruins break the Sabres? Um, okay, Lucic. I should say, Milan Lucic broke him personally. Oh, Single-handedly. Okay. Oh, okay. And then, you know... <laughs> I do know that one. Yeah. And the Habs also went with the, the more big plan, and that didn't work out either. Which is funny, just as we were moving ar- away from it, realizing that, hey, they're smoking us because we're doing all more big. Yeah. Yeah, weird. This season, I think we've broken two other teams. Uh, we broke oh. the Sitters when their fans threw a jersey on the ice. And we broke the Rangers. Like, the game afterwards, they posted their big announcement that they were going to uh, uh, move the players to the deadline. Yep. Yep. So th- this, this Bruin has some... Um, uh, Broken at least five franchises, two of which they broke like seven years ago and are still broken as fuck. <laughs> Yay! We break <laughs> things. We break other teams. Boston Bruins. Hockey. Uh, <laughs> that should be their new slogan. We break other teams. Yay! Breaking hearts, breaking, hearts, breaking teams. <laughs> Everyone needs a little more anarchy in their lives. <laughs> okay, well, that moves us right along into what I think is going to be unpleasant, or maybe pleasant, but most likely unpleasant for me talk. We're going to talk about the trade deadline that's coming up on the 26th of this month. And there's been a lot of stuff that we've even covered in the last couple of weeks, talk, um, just to... to um, let you know what's going on, Ben. We've talked about Rick Nash and a little bit about McDonough. I know they're still out there and they're probably part of this talk. But we're going to talk about what the Bruins, what you think the Bruins should do and what you think they actually will do. And I will come in every once in a while from sobbing. 
a little bit, and then <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more. <laughs> so this Bruins team is, is, is good. It's for real. And it's, I, I can't think of a better time for them to say, go for it. Right. Right. Why, and this why, is where I go in multiple you? directions. I'm like, I really like the way this team is playing as is for the most part. Right. You know, get, get Kevin Miller. Well, again, get him you know, subbed in from McQuaid and, you know, I'm pretty happy with the defense. The forwards, I'm not really sure where um, where plausible changes that are are necessarily significant improvements. But at the same time, I don't know if this team as can is right now is necessarily has a hope of getting to the cup without doing something either. Because think yeah, about who me, they have to go. Th- think of who they have to go through right. just to get to the Eastern Conference Final. This team has going to have to beat both Toronto and uh, and the Lightning. Not necessarily in that order. And that's where, uh, as much as I really like how this team is doing, it's progressed far beyond my expectations. Uh, and generally, I, I'm all for taking a shot at the cup when it might be there. But I think there's a reality check of we're not better than Tampa Bay. And we need to figure out if we can get better than Tampa Bay, uh, if that's even possible, and if that's worth the price of doing it. Well, you see, there's the thing. I don't necessarily know they have to do that much to be better than Tampa Bay. But at the same time, I think being better than Tampa Bay also comes with one criteria, important criteria. We somehow position ourselves that when we face them, we have home ice. Oh. I think this team has a much because, – it's, because Tampa Bay is a matchup hell, right? Right. If you're playing more of the games in Boston, you have a hope because you can just you – because know, you can shut – we know you can shut down Stamkos and Kucherov with the Bergeron line. If more, if more of the games are in Tampa. So, so what you're saying is they have to push to take over the number one slot. Yes, they do. I think it does. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that they can't, that they, that they can't push through. Otherwise, I just think that that's a, that's an essential thing because the line matchups are, are key. We've seen that in games against Toronto as well. Right. Well, here's the, here's the scary part. Here's the scary part. Uh, you look at whether or not the Bruins can get better than Tampa. Uh, going by cap friendly, the, Drew, the Bruins' uh, deadline cap space is $2.75 million. We have all of our picks except for round five. Tampa Bay has $8.9 million in deadline cap space and all of their draft picks. Oh, oh gosh. And, and what they can do is... The thing is, what they have the ability to do as well is a lot of the really juicy names out there, both forward and defense... Oh yeah. Expire after next year, and because they don't have to worry about signing Kucherov till the end of next year, they can actually take on that liability too. Yep. So like they could make a play for Carlson. They could outbid us for McDonough. They could go make a play for OEL. They could make a play for Patchy Ready. Beef themselves up at the wing. So the question ultimately may become: Is this is a staring competition between Sweeney and uh, and Iserman to see who uh, reaches for the brass ring first? And. Uh... What is the brass ring? In this case, just like going balls out to make their okay. team is better, I mean, to make their team into an absolute indestructible nuclear super weapon. Because that's that's sort of what we're facing here. Never mind the fact that we also still would have to get through um, the currently surging Penguins, for example, or the Caps, who you know have Braden Holpe. You get through the Eastern, you get get through the um, um, the Eastern Conference Final too. Well, I, I'm hoping that. Um... That Washington and the Penguins will take care of each other. <laughs> Here's the problem with that is one of them, one of them presumably advances. Um, 
I know, I know, but one of them will advance having had battle damage done. So if it's the penguins that are uh, that emerge from that, then I think everybody's screwed. But if it's... Uh, I, I think, yeah, best case scenario, I think for us is uh, Pittsburgh Philly in the first round and they just... Penguins is ground to dust in, in the process of beating Philly, and then grinds the caps to dust in this dust in the second round. Right, right. So, uh, but you know, I I know that we have to think this far ahead to to kind of map out the the trade deadline things. First of all, I do want to ask this: Do you think that Eric Carlson's actually going to get traded? I don't it's know. Melnick Melnick just made himself CEO now, so like all bets are off. Oh, and he likes to save money, doesn't he? Well, he's clearly a crazy person and has nothing but open contempt for his own fan base in ways yeah. that even like Jeremy Jacobs looks it's like, dude, like, you know, they are the ones that pay your bills, you fuckhead. Yeah. I mean, conventional <laughs> wisdom says that Carlson stays in Ottawa, but conventional wisdom does not apply to Eugene Milner. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and that, that, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. That's, that's dead on. Right now, Carlson is a wild card. Correct. Yep. Okay. All right. Because of Melnick. Okay, that's that's fine. That makes everything so much easier. On the flip side, on the flip side, I, I think Tavares stays in, in, in New York, the Islanders. I don't know. We wouldn't necessarily know whether he resigns. I think uh, Snow tries to ride it out. My feeling is that he does. It's far more likely that Tavares stays in, in, with the Isle than Carlson stays with the Ottawa. I agree. I think Tavares' situation, you're just going to play out like Stamkos did in free agency. You know, wait till like, wait till other teams can legally talk to him, and then ultimately sign them in, in the in the Islander with the Islanders anyway. And this would be his second go around uh, for uh, as a free agent with the Islanders, and he chose the Islanders before. I think he really likes it there, and I think he really wants to make it makes it make a good go. Oh, no, no, this is this is only a second contract coming to an end there. So other one was set with the end of his ELC. So he hasn't even uh, he hasn't he hasn't been able to really test anything ever before. But every every everything I've heard from him, uh, just just whatever interviews he's had, he, he's indicated that he really wants to stay there. It's true, and that, that that's one thing is, it, and, it, and it doesn't have that you know sort of bullshit that a lot of pending free agents uh, clearly peddle. It has a sense of it seems genuine, sort of like every time Stamkos was asked about it. But I do think he'll wait long enough to just to sort of see what sort of things might come his way. Sure. Yeah. Smart for him to do what's best for him. Right. Right. Circling back, so if the Bruins think they can compete this year, and with right now, I do have a feeling that it's a good all-in time. Char is playing this well, but turns 41 next month. Um, you know, Krejci, Marchand, Rask, Bergeron, all of them are into their 30s next season, right? So I think it's hard to argue against pushing all-in right now. Uh, well, especially since the team seems to be performing a lot better than anybody suspected they would. Well, and none of those barriers in the East are insurmountable. They're terrifying. The playoff structure is makes that is, makes the Eastern the Eastern Conference winner is going to be dust before they presumably face you know the Preds in the final. I guess I look at it uh, from the perspective of what pieces are out there that help us improve, and how much do they help us improve? And I look well, at. Just- yeah. I look at like the defense and yeah, getting McDonough, McDonough is a difference maker type player, uh, but we already have the lowest goals against average in the league. And, uh, so and I, what does he do for us on the left side? He, he, he's Brian McDonough. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. He's a, he's an excellent difference maker. T- he made, made Dan Girardi look good. So this put him true. anywhere in our defense and our defensive core becomes really, really, really good. But does it, does the price you pay to get him, 
justify that that marginal amount of improvement on our defense. It's already the best in the league in terms of goals against average. So I think you you start talking to the Rangers and say, well, my start you, you, the starting point should be around what they paid paid for Yendel, which was a first a well regarded prospect and a lower grade roster player. I think their dreams of I think their dreams of better aren't great. So that was so that was yeah. So it was for for, for they, they paid the Yotes for Yandel first. Um, Anthony Duclair and uh, and um, John Moore, who the Coyotes proceeded to not qualify that summer. Right. Um, now I don't believe for a minute that actually gets it done, but I think Gorton has trouble negotiating to, negotiating to get much better than that. And the equivalent for the Bruins would probably be something to the effect of a first Bjork and McQuaid. I don't think that gets I don't think that gets it done, but I feel like I, I don't think you I don't think the Rangers would take McQuaid. I think they'd want. Like a Lauzon, they did want a, a Zaboral. Well, I'm thinking in terms of we're doing this, I'm willing to overpay if we're going to send salary back. Like, honestly, like, if I'm talking to the Rangers and I'm committing to the idea of McDonough, I say, fuck it, try to get Grabner in the same deal and overpay if you can also manage to say send Bolesky the other way. I don't know why they'd do that. <laughs> it depends on what overpay, overpay means. If it means like overpay like, in additional picks, then eh, sure, why the, not? The Rangers aren't. Worried about reaching the cap floor? They're not. I mean, I don't see why they they would take on that kind of contract. I, I just don't think that they're a team that's in a position to be competitive next year either. I've read read plenty of things that suggest they could have a quick turnaround because they got uh, what's it there the two guys they got in the first this past year, uh, Elias Anderson and uh, Philip Schittle. Yeah, but, sure, uh, but the but the Rangers just come back and say no, we don't have to take Bolesky, so we're not going to. Well, but again, you're saying well, like, well, we're ready to offer you an extra second in order to take that on. Like you know, they're not going to be a cap. They're not going to be a cap team next year either. Probably, right? They can absorb it if they can't roster him too. I don't know. I, I think if you really want to, you need to send salary out in order to make any of the moves that are bold enough to justify going going balls out. That's all I'm thinking. Sure. I mean, with McDonough, with McDonough being, uh, yeah, having another year in the contract. Yeah, you want to move some amount of cap room to be able to uh, afford him uh, under the cap the the following season as well. Oh, cap is going to go up a little bit. Quite a bit. It's projected at least 80, so that's, an, that's, a, that's a 5 million jump. Here's a funny question with regards to McDonough. Is the price for McDonough, who has a 4.5 million cap hit, is a difference maker defenseman, and has another year remaining on the contract, is, is the price for him the same as it would be for Eric Carlson? So, no. I think Carlson still costs more. His contract isn't as good, but considering what Eric Carlson is... Is probably proportional. Is 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 probably maybe not in terms of pure nickel and dime, but probably is better. Is Eric Carlson for what what that's worth? Now I don't think you make a play for Eric Carlson. Just to be just to be clear, I don't. That doesn't do much for the Bruins in my mind. Plus Eric Carlson. A discussion Eric Carlson. We'll start with we'll start from that end with Charlie, Charlie McAvoy, and that would be the end of that discussion. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I disagree. I disagree. So so my thought there is. I think Eric Carlson, if in Bizarro land, which exists in Eugene Melnick's world, if, if Eric Carlson gets traded, he ends up going for far less than people expect he would because he's a UFA. He's got a year still, though, like just like McDonough. Carlson, does he? Yeah. Oh, all right. Then I'm, I'm yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. A year and a half from now is a very interesting UFA year for defensemen because that's uh, yeah, McDonough it, 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 and I, I thought, Carlson I he, and OEL. Yeah, I thought he was he, <laughs> and, he was a UFA at the end of the year. Was that my mistake? Oop, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Definitely for more. And and yeah, you have to think there's no way that you start that conversation with Dorian and the first things he's come out of his mouth are quote 
either 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 McAvoy or Pasternak, and then that's when uh, Sweeney hangs up the phone. Okay, here's a question, and this might be really really dumb, but I'm going to ask it. Let's say that Tampa Bay makes a play for and somehow or another gets Carlson. It's game fucking over. No, but I'm saying, do you go out and try to get uh, McDonough after that? Or do you just go, fuck it, all done? No, yeah. If they get Carlson, there's no, I don't think McDonough makes enough of a difference to fix the, the now in, insurmountable gulf, right? And you, you, you fold your hand at that point. Yeah, you say, fine, we're playing with what we have. Okay. You don't even, you don't even pick up depth then. The worst thing, can a scenario for the Bruins is they trade for McDonough before the deadline. And then at the deadline, Tampa closes a deal for Carlson. Oh God! Oh. Yeah, that's full on. That's full on um, catastrophe level. Um. <laughs> so I, I introduced the catastrophe question. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, like this had occurred to me. I'm like oh, good God! If something like that happens, like like that's a weird one too, right? Because there's talk that it's like okay, well maybe Tampa would go for McDonough instead. It's like okay, so. On the one hand, you try to wait out as long as imaginably possible here to, in an effort to make sure you don't get, get, get <laughs> Tampa doesn't get, doesn't Carl, doesn't Carlson up. But also, if you wait too long, maybe Tampa makes a better bid for McDonough out from under you, and then it's also game over. And then there's always the question of, well, there, so like, well, with holy shit, there's OEL's music. What if that, what if that, um, uh, not guaranteed, but still entirely plausible scenario comes in too, right? This is a weird deadline for the Bruins and for the league in general. I guess I've heard so much talk about McDonough, Nash, the basically any Rangers uh, player, and the possibility of Carlson moving that I haven't even thought about. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't really think OEL is going to move either, but like you can't rule it out right now. Yeah. Yes, Jake has got to do something. <laughs> All right. So, guys, Probably. what do you want to see them do? What do you want to see the Bruins do? Ben, Me? you want to go first? Um, <laughs> I, I want to see them do absolutely nothing. I want, I want to see them go for it with what they have, uh, develop the players that we have, give them the playoff experience that they need. Uh, the way I see it, it's not worth the price uh, for for McDonough. Uh, it's not worth the price for Green. It's not worth the price for Tanev or any other defenseman that's out there. And I look at the area of strongest need, which would be on forward, like a, a second-line winger. And I don't want to see us pay the price for Nash or Evander Kane. And please, no, not Maroon, not Lucic, not one. One I might look at uh, if you just want to like add some forward depth would be Peugeot out of Ottawa. But the other one maybe like uh, uh, James Van Riemsdyk. But we're not going to get the Leafs to trade us that because we'll face them in the first round anyway. So uh, given that, given who the, the the available options are, I just don't like the price that it would it would take to get them and. Uh, I'd rather see us keep what we have and, and let the next wa- youth wave show up next year. So so basically, see what we've got from this year. Go as deep as we can into the playoffs and then reevaluate and move on there. I think it's, I think this team has a legit shot at the conference finals you know, without making a move. And even though it's not a great shot, I mean, I, I still think Tampa's better. I think maybe like the, maybe a 25, 35% chance of beating Tampa in a... a uh, divisional uh, final, uh, but you know if, if that's what you the, the the chance you have for doing nothing, like that's not bad. So I'm happy to do that and just be b- even better next year. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I, I no moves isn't my pick. I still think you need a you need a depth. We need a depth winger, and based on how we had the, with the catastrophe that was with defensive inju- injuries last year, we need a better eighth defenseman than Paul Postma. Oh, I keep forgetting about him. 
and so I still go back to the Rangers here, and I'm not talking McDonough's. I just don't see how to get it done in a way that doesn't create a different hole in the roster. Yep. Um, because like you know, okay, it's like okay, DeBrusque. Well, no, that's a problem. That's a big gaping hole. Carlo, that's an even bigger gaping hole because he plays the other hand, right? Right. So then you're, you know, because then that's you know, then you're playing either McDonough or Krug on their offhand, or you're playing Krug on the third pairing, and you're playing McQuaid or Miller with with McDonough on the second pairing. None of that sounds like a good idea. Right. Um, and, then, and also looking at the future, you know, Chara's time is is short. You trade away somebody like like Carlo, and now you're you're down two defensemen. Yes, and I also do think that. Now that said, if you get any, if the team has any feeling that Chara might retire after this year rather than signing, which doesn't seem to be likely the case. No. Then you consider you you think harder about McDonough then as a long term as a longer term investment. But anyway, I think the the move to make is to try to get both Holden and Grabner out of the Rangers. Mm. That would take like at most a first and a lower a, 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 a first and a B prospect. I think for the pair, Grabner plays both wings. He's fast. He's he's defensively responsibly scoring lots of goals. He's an easy one to he's an easy one to plug into the roster. And Holden's better than Postma. And if you're looking for a better eighth defenseman, that seems like the right way to go. Now, I, I do want to ask you a question. Do you um, have a problem with the fact that a lot of Grabner's goals are actually empty netters? Are they? How, what, do you have um, percentages here in front of me? I, this one was news to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that seems to be the knock on him right now. Which, uh, to me, I don't think of that as a huge knock because, well... It, it means they trust him in, in those tight game situations or something. Well, and again, we're not picking him up to be guaranteed a top six winger, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I, I'm, I'm just saying. Do you consider that a knock? Some people do, but we're not using him in a certain situation. So, well, exactly. We're talking about bringing him in to, you know, rotate in for basically any winger in the roster, not named Pasternak or Marchand, um, as need if need be, right? It's sort of this is sort of the the, the ground we're discussing him on. I think. Oh God, yeah. I mean, that fourth line, you know. You could probably put him in there. He's cheap enough. You know what I mean? Well, well, well see, that's just it. You can, you, can, you can stick him wherever you needed to is the thing. I think – and that sort, of, that, that sort of utility knife is what, they, is what this team needs for, for a depth winger because uh, the problem is is when we're down our standard, um, uh, you know, top no, – our, our, our standard top eight wingers, um, our depth after, after that's been unreliable. You know, Bjork's been is currently injured for the second time this season. It's been, you know, fine, but the not Toronto great. Hasn't cut it. Yeah. Exactly. The Toronto hasn't cut it. I think, you know, Zarnik has potential there, but I think, you know, if, if you're pulling plugging Zarnik in, I think you're in a little bit of you're you're in a bit of trouble anyway. So yeah, this team can't this better. team can't go into the playoffs without an, without a better thirteenth forward. Right. Right. And Grabner really fills that because you can you can put him in easy. I think he's a better choice than Pesho. I just want to get back to I want to just go just make a comment on Zidane Chara. First of all, I've been following his Instagram pretty closely. That guy ain't retiring next year. And I think he wants to stay with the Bruins. And I just hope to God that there's a reasonable number out there that can sign him for next year. That's all. I agree. And I also, but I also hope that uh, no one involved is talking more than one year contracts at a time. I know you've said that before. I... He has to go out. He has to go out the way Lidstrom and, uh, and Solani did just because I don't want to run the risk of being stuck with, you know, if he suddenly does, you know, have a severe case of being 42 in a year and still the year on term, that'd be bad. <laughs> right. Anyway. Yeah. The end can come quicker than, than people think. Yes. 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 And I agree completely. I want him to come back. I'm saying McDonough becomes a more interesting discussion if there's any feeling in the team that he won't. 
Right, right. So far, it sounds like both parties are amenable to that, and we'll just see what has to happen later on. As a pivot, though, actually, as a pivot, though, hypothetically speaking, hypothetically speaking, should the team somehow manage to say, oh, win the cup, knock on wood. For Renee! Um, for Renee, maybe Z retires then, just says goes, goes out on absolute top, even if he has more game in him. But anyway, but if they win the cup, then I'll, I'll, I'll be more than happy to take that. Uh <laughs> It's interesting. I heard the bells from one and saw the ki- the cat in the other. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cat dominated uh, podcast today. Um, anyway, both b- both named after um, um, Bruins. Yep. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Tuca and Miro. Yep. Yeah. They should have their own podcast. Just the two cats. That would be great. Jump. <laughs> ding a ling a ling a ling ling. <laughs> I'll host it. So, Mira, what do you think of this? Jump. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Do you have a counterpart to that? uh, uh, A counterpoint to that, Tuca? (laughs) Stop fighting me. Stop fighting me. (laughs) Okay, so anyway. um, All right. So I think it's really interesting that neither of you wants to get rid of Brandon Carlo because it seems like everybody else in the universe does. Don't get rid of him. It's that simple. Okay. Yes. No, I agree with you. I'm I'm the conservative one here. And this is one of those moments where I'm just like, I don't want to change anything. Well, you can't. That's the one thing I will say right off the bat. Do not trade. I, I do not trade off of the roster. Right. Unless it yeah. is like McQuaid. Yeah, it, it's a combination. Completely. Of- you can hear she, she, she feels pretty strongly on this, too. Yes, she does. <laughs> Very it's definitely. a combination of don't trade off the roster and also think about where that would put you a year or two from now when you don't have Chara and you don't have Carlo. Where do you fill those holes? Yes. See, that's what I've, I've been trying to say for a long time. I don't want to trade the future away just because we want to try to do something right now, you know? And I know that that sounds stupid in some respects, but it's kind of like you've... This is what people have wanted for a long time. They wanted younger, stronger, faster players coming in, right? So then we start getting them and you trade them away? You know, this team has got to, at some point, we're going to have more younger players than we are these older core players. That's just how it is. This is how you rebuild things now. You can't do a rebuild from the ground up anymore. You just can't. And especially with Hawker Twitter, Hockey Twitter, ranting about the Bruins trading away young talent all the time. Does then say, let's please trade Brandon Carlo. Like, what are you doing? Circling, oh God. And people, and here's the thing about that. If we do make a trade that involves that and we still win the cup, we're going to get, the team's going to get yelled at for that anyway. Because look, now, you know, Blake Wheeler's entered that narrative somehow. Right. (laughs) What the fuck is Blake Wheeler doing in that narrative? We won the fucking cup that year. (laughs) It's the same as as, uh, (laughs) Rangers fans getting upset about Tony Amani. Exactly. That's a very good analogy. <laughs> now, I will say with Carlo, just just in general, and I don't, again, I don't think to trade him, Fluto makes a very strong point in that, well, what if one of these other teams sees him at the very high end of his uh, possible projection range? Okay. Um, because I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy it that he's a future top pairing guy. I think he is a solid top four. But if someone is willing to, pay for you get you know 
pay for him like he's a future top pairing guy, you have to at least entertain it depending on what the return is. Like, 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 like for example, where, where for some reason the Rangers want to say, okay, we'll give you McDonough, McDonough for Carlo straight up. Oh yeah, but they don't want that. They want more. Well, exactly. I mean, something we, we, like that though. You do. You drop. You, you drop everything and make that happen before they realize they're being fucking insane, right? But I mean, I guess there's that question: What do you do when another team overvalues your player? I mean, I guess you make that move, but who's going to overvalue our players? I mean, that's, that's the, the likelihood of that seems pretty low. Well, I'm just thinking like it does happen. Like, um, well, uh, the the Griffin Reinhardt trade from I from from the Isles to the Edmonton Oilers or Hall um, for Larson. Well, exactly. They're, 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 exactly. Both those cases are cases where the player team probably wasn't necessarily looking to trade the player. I mean, you know, Islanders were almost certainly quite aware that they had they had dog shit in Reinhardt, but um, you know, weren't probably weren't actively trying to shop him, and then suddenly get offered a first and a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a case of you know, snow. It makes that trade before um, you know Chiarelli uh, sobers up. Or, uh, <laughs> or Montreal overvaluing Scott Gomez. <laughs> Exactly. So, was oh, that the relevant McDonough. McDonough. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was uh, McDonough Higgins. It was it was like for McDonough Higgins, and I think a pick, something like yep. that. Ah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the haves. It's a glorious day to hate them. Always. You know. Okay. Speaking of uh, uh, weird trade things, I happened to see something uh, yesterday online. On something called Bruins Feed, it was an article, I guess, from some Edmonton Oilers writer or somebody who writes about the Edmonton Oilers saying, yeah, let's send Lucic back to Boston. That makes sense. And, of course, I saw a fair amount of fans who thought that was a great idea because they haven't watched hockey in the last 10 years or so. So, yeah, sure, that sounds really great. What do you think about that? <laughs> about all of that, about Lucic coming back and people thinking that's a good idea. <laughs> no, no, fuck, fuck everything about that. And and again, I mean, beyond the Lucic shouldn't come back, absolutely not. Because I've been on the record on this podcast when we did, you know, former Bruin you miss, former Bruin you don't miss. If you recall, um, uh, Luch was on my don't miss list. His last year or two, year or three in Boston, everyone of every type of fan complained about him nonstop. Where are these friends fans coming from that want him back? They've been hiding and they, they decided to come out and they apparently don't know anything. They don't realize that he's six million dollars a year and against the cap and he doesn't move well. He he's shrinking in size. He doesn't really do anything anymore. And there's, he signed for ever. Yeah, another four or five years. Yeah. The 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 desire I'm hearing out of Bruins fans is that they're 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 missing the the, the the current team misses the the physical element going into the playoffs. They they, they need that that bruiser. They need that banger. They need that that strong physical presence. Except that I think the Bruins lead the league in fighting majors. Is that right? Oh, way up there. Well, Tuka's telling us. I'm not entirely sure why she's being this um, uh, talkative today. She's- she has a lot of opinions on this issue. <laughs> she, she does. I think we should just hear her out. Okay, Tuka, go on. <laughs> that <was> perfect. <laughs> Is that so? Do you really think that? Go on, please. Expand. <laughs> She's just as talkative as you, Jeff. 
so are you gonna just have Tuka on with us next week when you're out? I'm I, I'm in next week. It's the week after I'm out. Oh, oh, that's right. That's two weeks. Oh, okay. <laughs> she says she's gonna fill in though. Um. <laughs> You have to leave your phone there so you can take care of it. Um, <laughs> um, I think what she's saying is no. Uh, we don't need the size. The brunes don't need the size. They um, they have plenty of fights. It's okay. And, uh, and I've still seen to... the size. Wait, man, still wait. people making the size argument for a crazy wing, and it just bang, makes me bang my head against stuff. Stop it, stop it, stop it. I'm interpreting her. She said that the Bruins have transi- transitioned to speed and skill uh, a lot faster than they would if they had Luch on the team. That's what she said. I know, Kat. She seems happy with your translation. See? I told you. <laughs> Ben's like, what the hell did I get into today? <laughs> yeah, Luchich will forever have my my thanks for helping bring us a cup. Uh, but I don't, yeah, I don't think we need the cap hit. I don't think we need his slowness. I, I think he's not the player he was, uh, you know, seven years ago. No, exactly. And and at the same note, it's like people are like, oh, Patrick Maroon's like, no, no. Patrick Maroon would be Matt Bolesky all over again. Yep, yep, and like, okay, Thomas Vanek. Uh, really? No, he's not the guy I want to wear thirty-one different uh, NHL sweaters. That would be exactly. Lee Stempiak. Oh, Stempy! <laughs> Here we get Stempiak back. You know what? He was actually a really good fit for that short um, amount of time. Yeah. Tuka is not feeling it. <laughs> um, He's past his prime. It's hard to say, though. <laughs> there, you'd waste too much value on him. I mean, that was the big complaint with him last year. We could have signed him for nothing instead of we paid like a second and a, and a fourth for him, right? But, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I mean, the thing with the, with the Canes is they're only one point out of the second wild card spot with a game in hand. And the one holding it's currently the Isles, and they're kind of, you know, a mess. Yep. And the Rangers said they're bowing out, so there's one less they're competitor. They're just wrestling. Yeah. They, 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 right now, yeah, those bottom three places, it's like no spread at all between the Isles, Columbus, and Carolina. I have no idea which one of those I would put money on to winning that spot. Carolina is at least even odds with Columbus, I'd feel. Isles are the ones I'd write off, so I don't know if Carolina is even likely to sell. Thank you, Tuka. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I think she doesn't think it's going to happen. So many things that you hear at this time. Uh, you, let Let me just talk about Maroon for a minute. This is my opinion on him. The only thing you gain by getting Maroon is the three or four goals he doesn't score against you. The two games he plays against you every year. That's it. You're yep. not. Um. You know, it's the same thing with it's the same thing with Vanek, right? Trading. They're, they're guys you trade with to diffuse their Bruins killer um, antics. Yeah, and then they're not going to do anything on your team because they don't do things on other teams. Oh, God. I just feel like Vanek is this, like, perpetually traded guy who can't finish up a year anywhere because he's not really that good. But then people keep signing him. I don't get it. It's a case of people seeing what he was and not what he is right now. 
and he is a useful player. So yeah, I get why people will sign him for one year. Like if you're going to be a shitty team and you need a winger, yeah, you sign Vanek. You'll get something for him at the deadline. Probably not much, but why not? Oh God, I forgot. I I don't think that way. Why don't I think that way? <sighs> I got nothing. I don't know. I don't know. I, I got to become like, I, I don't know. I got to get my head in the game. I got to learn how to trade people at the deadline. You got to be a little bit more cat GM. That's all, you know. It's so hard because I'm so naturally dog GM. But it sounds like you've got a cat GM over there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Miro's a cat GM too because he's a cat. So that kind of goes with the territory. Yeah, he's looking out. He's looking out his window of opportunity right now. (laughs) I have loyalty for nothing except snacks. (laughs) Someday this window will open and I will go outside. And those birds will be mine. (laughs) Trade Carlo for chicken. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my uh, my dog's pretty good at at, uh, finding uh, small burdens. She's a ratter. Oh, yeah? It's uh, not the most common thing for her breed. Uh, <laughs> ratters usually look a little sharp, little shitty rat dogs. <laughs> uh, she spotted the rodent nest that was in our Prius. Oh, fun. Uh, and... Why are you biting me again? What is your deal? <laughs> anyway, uh, she regularly goes to the, um, to the shed to go scare the rodents there. Uh, we know that the rodents are there. You can see them being scared by her. <laughs> we live in the woods. There's a lot of rodents. But anyway, uh, yeah. No, she's a terrier, so she can rat pretty well. And uh, don't be on the end of her leash when she really wants to have a go at it. Mm-mm-mm. You will die. Anyway, so she probably shares something in common with your cats. Any more trade thoughts here? Like, if you had, like, a, a dream guy to have on this team right now, if you could just get them any way, don't say Carlson. Just say somebody else, more imaginative. P.K. Well, Subban, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Did you both say P.K. Subban? Yeah. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. You know what I like about that idea? That would challenge the fans that boo him at every game that he's oh, at. Oh, yeah. Oh, it would yeah. so much. And... It would challenge them to figure out a way to accept him as a Bruin. Tuca has very strong thoughts on this one too. Yeah, I'm I'm putting her in the bedroom now. It's getting a little getting a little old. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I I think that's really funny that both of your answers were PK Subban. That's great. I mean, like, yeah, if we're, if we're putting no restrictions on on on, on, uh, on acquiring whatever, PK Subban's got to top the list. You know, Matthews or Robert McDavid, sure, if we're dreaming pie in the sky, but you know, Subban actually seems like something that could conceivably happen. It won't, but you know, feels realistic, despite not being so. Forwards are a dime a dozen, or a dime. Yeah. Hey. Whoa. Wow. That actually kind of works there. Yeah. But yeah, get the defense guy. I, I agree. It's good. Oh, and like that with your right side, Ben. You're looking at like Subban, uh, McAvoy, and then Carlos, your third pairing, right? Right, D. That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get David Poyle on the line, and we'll like, you know. Like oh, I'm sure you'll be able something. to magic him into doing that. The wizard. You're going to be able to out magic the wizard. Everybody, you know, it's really funny. I've been listening to some more like national podcasts on this right now, and and basically. 
you get Emily Kaplan, who's pretty good over at ESPN. She is out there saying that David Poyle is going to make one more move. Mike Fisher was not that move. He's going to make one more move by the deadline. And everybody's just kind of waiting to find out what it is. It's probably going to be a forward. Because that defense, that defensive core is, mm, that's good. You know? So oh, he's so going to get Patchy ready or, or, or Hoffman, isn't he? I think they said, uh, she thinks, yeah. um, it, it was either she or Wish, if it's the same podcast, think that Nash might go there. I think Wish mentioned it on, on, on Puck Soup as well, that he thinks, yeah, yeah, I think it was Nash that they think is ending up there. Why wouldn't you want Nash in Nashville? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> ben with the Dave Lo- with the Dave Lozo side. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we already have King with the Kings. I mean, <laughs> is, is there a, a a college player named Bruin we can draft? <laughs> I, I do know that um. Uh, that um, uh, uh, Ryan Lambert, Ryan Lambert wants the Bruins to trade for Nash, just because like how the hell do you handle the jerseys at that point? Because you can't put R Nash. Can't do R I Nash. <laughs> <laughs> like do you just start tell Rick's like sorry, Rick, you need your dick Nash now. Um, this is what it's gonna be. <laughs> oh, that's the worst kind of Nash. <laughs> Here's a move the Bruins could make. Uh, that we haven't talked about. And it wouldn't be at the deadline, uh, but it would be related to the deadline in terms of acquiring a possible good scoring forward, which is signing Ryan Donato. I was going to say that I think his name translates to Bruin from Italian. (laughs) And, you know, there's some talk about that this week, right? Because he's been... He's been like the only um, uh, Team USA men's player worth a damn, right? He scored the two goals in that one, and game. he assisted. And he assisted on the one on the goal uh, on, on something in that in that disaster against Slovenia too. And I think I someone this week I don't remember who was uh, tweeting that like they're thinking he, he's actually going to not finish his season in, in uh, at Harvard and, and will sign with the Bruins, which is uh, interesting. Is he NHL ready? Is the question. Well, you know, he's doing this right now. Okay, so so they're not NHL caliber players, but he's playing that well against men, that is to say, not NCAA players, right? It's not NHL caliber. It probably isn't even quite a AHL, but it is still higher level than than hockey, than um, ECAC, right? Which is an important yardstick to go with here. I don't know. I don't like the idea of putting all your eggs in the prospect uh, show, showing up on the scene and immediately uh, parachuting in and being effective. Like uh, Charlie McAvoy last year? I was just going to say that. Well, that wasn't planned on, and we lucked into it, right? But <laughs> this, and we absolutely be- needed him because Carlo ended up going down. So, Yeah, exactly. Like That worked out beautifully, but like the Bruins had gone into the playoffs planning on that. That would have been a much worse look, I think, because it was a gamble. Here, here's where I will say I'll go as far as in trade talks. I only have on my personal list of, pro- non, uh, of prospects who aren't already on the NHL roster – Donato is one of my guys on the these are non-negotiable. It's like him and JFK are like the only ones that I'm not not particularly willing to listen to. Possibly Frederick. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's uh, Okay, so you sign him, you burn a year. He's old enough. It'll be only a two-year ELC. 
which of course, you know, puts him um, uh, RFA the same time as uh, Carlo McAvoy, yeah. JFK. Well, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the question. Yeah, is he is how is he closer than Frederick is? Is he closer than JFK or Jesse okay, Gabriel? I would say he's unequivocally closer. Well, Gabriel just got sent back to juniors, right? I see. All right. For an overage year, someone already signed. That doesn't happen. So that's uh, <laughs> Gabriel is not ready. Sinitian is not ready. Is he more? I think the real question is: he more ready than say Solarik or Zarnik? Or is he better served uh, going to the World Hockey Championships instead? Exactly. So I don't know, but there's chatter about it. Something to keep around it. It's something to keep an eye on it. And he's yeah, he's been dynamite at the Olympics, and he's having an amazing year at the NCAA. So I don't know. I really don't know. I understand how, you know, he's playing really well and maybe staying there for one more year. It's only one more year after this that it it might not be great for him. So I don't know. Do you think he's really going to do anything right now with the Bruins? If the Bruins are looking at him, I have to assume they're looking at bringing him in with an intention of putting him in on Krejci's right wing, which then, of course, brings us to the ever, you know, the elephant in the room that always exists of this team, apparently, of Ryan Spooner. And Spooner's doing well there. I agree. I still, I, I still fully believe that this is Spooner's last season in Boston. But the question is whether he finishes it or not. He probably finishes it. But isn't he like fourth on the team in goals per uh, points per game? Something like that. He's ridiculous since he came, and since he came back from his injury, right? Yeah, that's right. He's spent a lot of time being injured this season, just trying to get on the Maybe ice. He, he only has 36 games played. That's even less than David Backus. Wow. I mean, what's, it's, less I mean, than, it's, it's less than Backus. It's less than Krejci. Two players have been, been injured a lot this year. Yeah. But if he's that productive, don't you kind of have to keep him? Because that's a good thing to have. He's well, an we, we, we've been on this podcast and pretty supportive of what they have, uh, of what they've chosen to do with Ryan Spooner and played. I just don't know. Like, it's a case of it's, – it's like any trade. It's like, okay, so you trade for this this winger. Um, where are you going to put him in? Who do you remove for them? Like, you can make it – like, you can make a case that, okay, any of these trader wings would be – wingers would be an upgrade over over Achari or Schaller, sure. But that fourth line, I mean, like, they're going into games where they're getting 0% offensive zone starts. That's ridiculous for a fourth line. Usually fourth lines get the softest fucking minutes imaginable. So you don't really want to fuck with that either. Yeah, especially when you've got somebody like Schaller who is managing to score. Yeah, like, I know I love Achari. I, <laughs> certainly, you're going to hate me saying this. Like, he's Achari's the only winger on the team that I readily would say, okay, yeah, try someone else there. Why not? But not <gasps> because there's any problem with Achari, but just like, yeah, you might be able to get a few more goals out of, out of another body there. But, eh. It's the fourth line. You always mess with it. It doesn't – if you exactly. can get – a third, a third line uh, player on the fourth line because your third line is that good. Then you, you do that. But again, the current fourth line is a big part of why I think Sweeney's had no problem getting so much out of the current third line, right? Like a fourth line that they can feed such like br- some pretty brutal minutes for a fourth line. They're not a lot of them, but they're not easy ones, right? So. And everybody loves Achari. Damn it. Hey, I've been very clear. I love Achari. He's like, I'm just saying, like. If there's one winger you might replace, maybe Achari, but at that point, I'm not entirely sure why. I want to hear Tuka's thoughts on this. No, she's <laughs> locked in the bedroom now because she was being a bit much. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. I, uh, 
I don't know about uh, Donato. I mean, it would be great, I guess, if he adds something, but I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to mess with this team. And it's not just because I'm lazy. It's because I just feel like, wow, this is just like, it's kind of like lightning in a bottle in a way. Again, my only thing I want to do is I want to have a better 13th option than Vitrano mm-hmm. and a better 8th option than, pa- than Pasma. That's all. I don't, I don't think you do anything to the actual active day-to-day roster. All right. That sounds reasonable. Again, and, but if Sweeney decides to, I hope he, you know, swings for the fences if he really thinks he's got to do something because fringe movement, you know, mid-level moves are probably not enough to get this team over some of the, some of the barriers they have to climb to get through to get out of the East. So either stand pat or go gigantic or, or go really, really big. Win it for Renee. Exactly. Ah, okay. Have we beaten the trade horse to death? Ryan Donato was my last talking point. Okay. I got nothing else. I got nothing else on board. I don't think there's any other pieces that are worth pursuing or discussing really, you know, so yeah. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about the whole PKC van thing. Are you both like at the same time? It's almost like you coordinated it, like PK Subban. Because ah! <laughs> in my head you said it that way. <laughs> That's how it came out. <laughs> you guys are all like, he's so wonderful. <laughs> No one can wear a fedora like him. It's the, it's it's the the highest possible having for a defector. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! It would just like I, 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 oh god! I hadn't even thought of it from that angle. But yeah, I always think of it from that angle. <laughs> you're a you're a better man than I, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh my god, Ben, you're right. Like, like that would be like the last straw. I think that would that would irreversibly and permanently break the Habs fan the, the Habs. So, 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 so here's here's the. Like we're talking Richard riots here, except worse. Yeah, we're talking. I'm, so I'm talking from a like pure fantasy land. Like this is clearly not ever going to happen. But you get Subban and the Bruins. Habs fans' brains are already melting. Bruins win the cup with Subban, <laughs> and he goes to the hospital. And he goes to the children's hospital in Montreal with the cup. Oh! <laughs> Meanwhile, Claude continues to have to play <laughs> to coach teams against PK Subban four to five times a year. <laughs> and 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 Bruins fans wearing Subban jerseys show up at the Bell Center for games. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh gosh, better, better. Subban gets straight comes to Boston, wins the cup. After the cup announced he's changing his playing number to ninety-three. Then takes the cup to the uh, to the children's oh. hospital in uh, in Montreal. Ninety three. Last year they won the cup. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> this year is the silver anniversary of of Habs last cup win. Twenty five years of peace and prosperity for the rest of the league. <laughs> Why aren't they celebrating that among all the other NHL things they're celebrating? This well, you see, when they talk about twenty five and cups, they're usually like talking about twenty five cups, not twenty five years since the last one. You see. <laughs> but see, I like talking about it like that when it comes to the Habs. Well, yeah, because it's always a glorious day to hate the Habs. Right. Um, 
And at this point, to be honest, Habs fans are kind of coming around to that notion too. So, you know, really everyone wins. <laughs> oh, it's been amazing watching the this very slow, inch by inch, gradual realization that their team is actually terrible and it's not getting better. Like, it's been oh. amazing this year. Okay, yeah. So, so listeners, Ben has a thing for, for listening to um, uh, streaming of uh, TSN Montreal Radio. Yep. So, uh, uh, <laughs> please go. Hockey Bruins <laughs> fans. Like, it's wonderful. Every day I, I listen to TSN 690 Montreal. <laughs> Melnick in the afternoon. Um, I'm like uh, Connor McKenna in the morning, and then Tony Marinaro right, right afterwards. Oh, it's oh, oh man, oh, man, Marinaro must be brutal too. <laughs> oh, oh, wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Oh, the, the the one who's I think legitimately really good is Connor McKenna. He's a very honest. Uh, He's got a good uh, reputation, yeah. Yeah, a very smart guy, very honest, uh, very objective. Uh, and I think very fair. But Marinero is kind of like Montreal Felger. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's bad. Uh, the, the, the Felger <laughs> itself is bad enough. I don't need that. Um, uh, so uh, let me ask, are they talking about Claude? Or are they talking about Bergevin? What are they talking about? They're talking about all of it. it it's their, like, you know, where does Galchenyuk fit? Uh, is you know, Where does Pacioretty fit? They, they do a lot of... You know, Subban wasn't the right fit in Montreal, so we had to go kind of nonsense. Um, you get the, uh, uh, you know, were we really better off with Tarion instead of Julian? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been a, a Tarion supporter. I, I think he, he made a lot out of a, a, a bad roster for I think he got a bad rap in Montreal. I think he did much better than people realized. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think Tarion's a good coach, but he accomplished a lot with very little there. Ha- has there been any uh, Alain Vignon talk? Not really, no. No. I mean, should they fire hit a Vigneault? Vigneault will be fired at the end of the season. I think that's unambiguous. Yeah. you gotta you got to think Molson's going to clean house, regardless of how much term both Bergevin and, and Julian have, right? Like after you, the season, Molson has to clean house. I mean, we say that, but do they say that? It's uh, I mean, it's tough because like they don't want to be publicly calling for you know uh, Bergevin getting fired or, or anything like that. They, they're TSN doesn't really do that. It's uh, I guess not their nice way of uh, uh, interacting with the team. But yeah, I mean, certainly Julian's been under fire. Bergevin's been under fire. Uh, do they clean house? It's that's an expensive way to clean house, given the the, the time left on. Oh, it's, the ha- it's the Habs, though. Like that's they, they they print money. Like the Habs are like one of three teams that can always absorb that. And Julian would probably get re-signed, would get signed signed somewhere else reasonably quickly, which means they'd get that off the off the off the uh, the books. So I don't think I'd worry about that. If I was Mos- Molson, I wouldn't be concerned about that. Now that said, I don't necessarily know that firing Julian is the right choice for them. But at the same time, um, this team, that team is so fucked. If, if a smart ownership would just nuke the entire front office from orbit. I also think the Habs need to do more than clean up the front office. They need to completely overhaul their scouting system. Well, yeah, they need to do what Toronto did, which is just yeah. full scorched earth purge, right? Right. Yeah, it's absolutely needed there. Like they're. They don't have the prospects in the system. The development of the pro- the players they do have is isn't there. Yeah, it's up and down. They're they're looking at a pretty lengthy rebuild. 
Yeah, because they're not well positioned at all. Um, basically, their only good prospect is like Ryan Poling, who's like a couple years, probably has a couple more years still in the NCAA. You got uh, what, Juleson maybe? <sighs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> But like Not that's it. but that's like it, right? You know, yeah. like their other their other recent first rounders like McCarron, who's a complete bust, and Sherback, who doesn't look much better. Yeah, um, like where's Dalton Thrower? Like, it was, yeah, they, they traded they traded Sergachev. I mean, they have uh, they don't know what to do with Galchenyuk at all. Like that, that's you know, another you know, big question. Like, where does Galchenyuk end up at the deadline? Do they do they keep him or do they move him? Galchenyuk is also Bergevin's very first draft pick. If they trade him. Why on earth would you keep – even if you let Bergevin do the trade, why on earth would you let keep Bergevin? He traded Sergachev. I mean, like – but, but, but no, but hit that. But, but, but Galchenyuk, that pick, they picked third overall the first – right that year. That was that after that year where they, you know, went through the ridiculous shithouse with, um, with, 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 with Pierre Gutier and, 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 uh, and, um, and they fired Ganey and they went through that Randy Cunnyworth. No, we can't have an Anglophone coach nonsense. So, like, like, Ber- like Bergevin, Bergevin coming in and drafting Galchenyuk third overall in the 2012 draft was is is up. If he trades Galchenyuk, how do you keep that GM any longer? Well, that's his first fucking move. Well, that that raises uh, an even earlier question, which is, why would you keep him right now? Why would you let him make that kind of move? Exactly, I would. That's a. It puts you in a tricky spot. Like changing GM midseason is flimsy right but you don't want to tell someone who has an awful trading record to say oh, awful trading record awful scouting records to be okay well fire sale now buddy yeah these you don't want that guy you know piloting the ship but there he is and he's still there and it's it's too late to the deadline to do it right so right yeah part How, of you... why I, that's part of why i think galchenyuk and patchy already don't go in the end because now is not the time or the, and not the time for them to do that, and it certainly isn't the man to do it. Yeah, yeah, maybe the, the, the plan is to... Well, with Pacioretty, is a UFA, is that right? Nope, nope. Much like everyone else interesting, he has another year. 2019 uh-huh. offseason is a crazy, crazy UFA class. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I, I would expect that Molson would just tell Bergevin, you're not trading anybody. Uh, and then, of course, then Bergevin knows that he's getting fired, so... Yeah, we'll then, see. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you do there. It's a uh, just to give you some idea, Bengs. This has come up a few times. The the um uh, twenty nineteen twenty UFA cl- um, free agents just at the top of the salary: Spezza, Bobrovsky, Doty, Carlson, Eberle, Couture, Pavelski, Deshin, Panarin, Math, Segan, Skinner, Wheeler, <laughs> OEL. <laughs> like seriously, holy fuck, really? That. that Yep, yep. Um, you know, Kucherov is RFA and is going to get all of the dollars. Is that when the CBA is also over? It's the opt out. Might be the might be that following. Might be that. Might be the nineteen twenties. No, I think I think of the opt out years of twenty twenty one season. So it's one year before. Exactly, yeah, like large all of it, all that too. Yeah. But yeah, like that's a ridiculous UFA class next year. The Habs, they'd be fucked. <laughs> yep. Hooray. And uh, secret agent Claude, uh, or Andor Claudely Whiplash, <laughs> has um, uh, uh, seen to their seen to their final demise for us as uh, Bruins' uh, mission to systematically uh, cause other other organizations to destroy themselves from within. 
Yes, I love our sleeper, our, our secret sleeper agents. Woohoo! Meanwhile, I saw something something yesterday. I think that like in the event of a Seattle franchise, JFJ is on the list for uh, potential GMs. John Burns yeah, which means yeah. we may be, you know, poised to um, poison a franchise that doesn't even exist yet from the inside. Um. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Let's keep the streak alive! <laughs> Who else can we destroy? Well, you know, maybe if Iserman uh, wins the cup down in, uh, in uh, Tampa Bay... Uh, and he'll move on to some other place. We can insert someone there and destroy Tampa Bay. Oh, I, think I think we think every, everyone knows that, you know, um, uh, Wings are definitely going to be replacing Holland after this season, right? His contract's up and he hasn't been re-upped yet. So, right, like, right. so Scott Bradley, you feel like destroying another fran- uh, franchise for us? We, 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 can find you, we can find you a GM job. <laughs> yeah, and, and we, when is our final payment to Sorelli for his job over in Edmonton? We're still paying him? No, we're not. No, he's our deep cover agent. Oh. (laughs) Win the draft lottery. Get Connor McDavid. Go to the playoffs one year. Almost make it to the final. Fuck everything up. (laughs) Sign Lucic for $6 million for six years. (laughs) (laughs) Sign Chris Russell. Jordan Eberle. Like, okay. <laughs> and now they're talking about trading Oscar Clefbaum and, and Ryan Newton Hopkins, too. It's like, yeah, let's, let's just trade everyone that's good except for McDavid and Dreisaitl. And then, like, stuff. Well, they're going to make up $22 million of the cap next year. Or is it 23 Oh, it's 23 I'm sorry. Fuck. <laughs> I'm so glad that we signed Pasternak for so much less. Because remember when we all were like, oh my god, we're going to sign him for like $10 million or something because of the Dreitzeitel deal. We thought that was going to be the bar setting and and thankfully reasonable. That and Philip Forsberg as well. That that contract was looking at a, a, a bar as well. I think the Forsberg one ended up being a pretty good match. It was the Tarashenko was the other one that was being used as a yeah, yeah, as a as a goalpost, and we came in way under that. So yeah, but I mean, I'd still deal with the Tarasenko thing, but the Dreisaitl money. Oh my god! That's... Well, I see, that's what a million five over what Dreisaitl's being paid, something like that. <laughs> what uh, Tarasenko? Tarasenko's being made, uh, paid like what eight point five or eight? No, no, Tarasenko is seven point five. Oh, oh no, Dreisaitl's nine point five, and Dreisaitl's oh, Dreisaitl's eight point five. No, I'm pretty sure it was 9.5. I got it in front of me right now. Oh, it's 8.5. 8. All right, so it is a yeah. million. I thought it was 9. Okay, so it's only $22 million between the two of them. Only. 20. Uh, 21. Damn it, Jeff! Fuck you! <laughs> okay, so it's $21 million. That's still a lot of money to be tied up into two players. Well, Maybe it's you know. Million. What? Maybe it's $20 million. <laughs> It's, it's, it's 19. But like, but like, you know, again, for, for, for comparison, say, oh, Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand, Just this, this team is yeah. paying under 20 million for the three of them. <laughs> so, you know, like, joke's on you, League. <laughs> 
I still like inflating. I, I'm inflating for Canadian money woes, so that's where I got my $23 million from. I think the exchange rate might pop it up higher than that. See? I was right. Okay. $23 million. $25 million. I can't believe that they're paying David and Dreitzeidel $30 million a year. <laughs> Each. <laughs> All right, sorry, I'd be a little silly. <laughs> but I swear, I swear that that money was even worse than I thought it was. My memories. You say that, I'm just talking cap hits. Maybe the actual dollars uh, are on there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely getting front-loaded deals here. We know that. They're still going to be counting as $40 million each towards the cap in uh, 10 years when their deals are up for however many years. Okay, I'm so glad we had the Habs talk, but we have to move on to other things. So, uh, schedule. Yes. Listeners. Well, uh, it's uh, one game into a five-game road trip at... uh... The start in Vancouver uh, wasn't good, but uh, you know what? It's it's their Stanley Cup. So it starts off uh, tomorrow with a weird-ass start time, 4 p.m. Eastern on a Monday. We've been talking about this weird-ass schedule thing for weeks now against Calgary, in Calgary. So Dougie and Bart, Bart and Dougie. <laughs> if Tim were here, Tim would have some outrage about Bart. He would. And then a 9 p.m. Eastern start on Tuesday against the Oilers. Ugh. Fucking West Coast games, I swear to God. <laughs> well, I just, I can't, I, I don't feel either any way about that game. It's just such a nothing, just a zero in my, my mind. I just, uh, I hope that the Bruins win that, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, McDavid could McDavid, and at which point, yes, no team will ever win. Like, look what he did to the Tampa, like, a week and a half ago, right? And he did that single-handedly, pretty much, because that team can't provide him any, with any actual support. Um, but, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it I just hope they don't come... I just hope that Sweeney doesn't come home with a Patrick Maroon. Oh, my God. But yeah, I actually don't want him. It's just... No, Leave no, them there. No. Leave. Don't trade for anything unless you clear it with us. Yeah, yeah, we have, uh, we have, we, we have uh, replaced the uh, Neely and the Jacobses as having uh, final say. Yep, definitely. I, I think so. I'm still trying. I'm sorry. I'm a little distracted because I'm trying to figure out what that holiday is in Ca- in Calgary tomorrow. I, it's been bothering me, and then I keep forgetting about it. Is it International Tug of War Day? Um, n- no. <laughs> Is it National Chocolate Mint Day? Um, also, no. I mean, also, because that holiday is called something else in every province. There's no way it's going to be national anything. Um, like split, split cordwood day? Is it what? Split cordwood day. <laughs> it could be. It could be. I think it's going to be Prevent Plagiarism Day. Because it says that it is that tomorrow. So that's what I'm going to call it. So tomorrow on Prevent Plagiarism Day in Calgary, the... Uh, the uh, Calgary uh, team, the Flames. It is Alberta Family Day. (laughs) (laughs) 
they need to specify Alberta? I don't know. I mean, in Ontario, it's also family day. <laughs> Whereas in, in Nova Scotia, it's, of course, uh, Nova Scotia Heritage Day. I can give you a whole list of the uh, of the um, uh, of the holidays it's called in various in various provinces actually because it varies. Um, oh my god! Why are you jealous that it's not Nova Scotia Family Day? <laughs> <laughs> so it's Prevent Plagiarism Day in Calgary tomorrow. In Manitoba, in Manitoba, it is uh, Louis Riel Day. Okay. It is Islander Day in PEI because I'm pretty sure they can't actually put together a sentence that doesn't shoehorn the word island into anything that comes off of PEI. Dude, um, I grew up on an island myself, so I know what that's like. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Rhode Island, although it's complicated. Uh, yes. Rhode Island is an island. <laughs> so, so and of course, Nova Scotia rotates who they call it each year. So the first time they did it was Viola, Viola Desmond Day. And um, to see if I can find it, I believe it's um, Mona Louise Parsons Day this year. Is Aww, the designation. Oh, that's nice. Yes. yes. So, uh, but yes, it's, it's uh, Alberta Family Day. Uh, it's the reason the holiday is at 4 p.m. on a Monday in Calgary. It's a weird time and... Uh... It's 4 p.m. our time, right? Yes, yes. yes. So that's uh, oh, that's yes. Yeah, so that's like a two o'clock game. Yeah, it's like a two o'clock game in Alberta. It's a weird start time for a manatee too. You know what? It'll be on Bruins in two at eight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so after a couple of days off, they close out the road trip by back to back games on the 24th and 25th in Toronto, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Followed by a 5 p.m. Eastern time to start in Buffalo the next day. That's right. Less than 24 hours with travel. Granted, it's just Toronto to Buffalo. Ah. Uh, um. Okay. So that's this week. Yeah. Calgary, Edmonton, Toronto, Buffalo. Mm. Yeah. That sounds like such a fun road trip. So many good times. Yep. Yeah, we already you know, started it off with a bang uh, yesterday against, uh, against Vancouver. So, uh, do you know that during the intermission, you might not have seen this, but Billy Jaffe was basically like, you just finish up this game, you pack up the stuff really fast, you get on the bus, you get on the plane, and you move on to Calgary as fast as you can. And it's like, wow, that's how bad a game it was. But that's okay. It's going to happen from time to time. I just wish it You know what, though? Happen. I think every game this team's played against Cal- Vancouver since the cup year has been some kind of shit show. Well, I didn't they win the the first one this year like 6 to 2 or something? Yeah, and like then there was like the um uh, the, the 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 um uh, Marshy one one year Marshy, you know, pumping you know lifting the cup lifting the imaginary cup over his head and kissing his cup ring and and the whole Sammy Sallow incident and I could go on and the the incident where all of the where Sam where Sean Thornton tried to take on an entire line of uh, Canucks it goes on Ever since that cup year, this has been games between that and these two teams have been stupid. So, really, yesterday comes as no surprise. Yeah, I just you know what? I hope that nobody gets injured on this road trip. That's all. Let's keep the team together. All right. So, I guess we finish up. So, listeners, you can find us on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, on Google Play, and on iTunes or wherever your uh, your favorite podcasts are found. If you like us, uh, rate us five stars on iTunes. Uh, you know, maybe someone else will listen because of that. Do your part. You'll like us, and, and, and like us, then help out. 
Uh, you can contact us on um, uh, on barely on at barely on topic on Twitter <laughs> and uh, at barely on topic podcasts on uh, Facebook. Um, and then uh, our uh, individual uh, Twitters. I'm uh, at Doctor Hand Grenade. <laughs> I'm at and I'm not going to laugh through this at VA from RI. Hey, you did it! I did do it without laughing. <laughs> and of course, I'm we'd like at Fojo on Twitter. Yes, and uh, of course, we'd like to thank uh, Ben for joining us today on uh, relatively short notice after the other guys couldn't uh, come out today. Yeah, poor Nick. He was very, very ill. And it sounds like he's had a lot of sleep and he feels a little bit better. But uh, uh, Tim, Tim was off doing something else today. And I want to just congratulate him for doing that. Also, I want to just say something, Jeff. Congratulations for making it to the, the puck soup question of the day. <sighs> Yes, that was exciting. Wish seemed to be a big fan. Lozo was not because Lozo isn't fans isn't fans of things. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, you should listen to that this week if you want to find out what Jeff said. And it involved Bergeron and the billboard. <laughs> I would like to have something involving Bergeron and a billboard. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> And we don't have Tim here, so somebody else is going to have to say the magic word. Word. There we go. See, Ben does listen.